Hello and welcome to the Complaint Desk. Drop your complaints in the bin on your way out. We're just two worship pastors discussing all things worship and church leadership. I'm Danny, I'm here with Doug, and we're here to help you navigate the life and ministry of a worship pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump right in. Good morning. Good morning. Let's navigate this morning. <laughs> what? Our intro says, let, let "Help! We're going to nav help you navigate." Oh, let's let's, let's navigate this morning. <laughs> Stop it, man! I'm I'm too tired for that. I can't can't even I can't. <laughs> Can't even think about it. No, no. <laughs> Don't make me think about the the implications of what you're saying there. I just need yeah. to, you got to be straight with me today, man. I've had like two hours of sleep. <laughs> but I will today say, we're man, talking about restlessness. <laughs> yeah, why can't worship leaders sleep? <laughs> well, there's there's a multitude of reasons, but no, we're not really talking about that. So this but, is going to be a 24 hour um, podcast this morning. <laughs> uh, it might be if we just ramble on and on. But yeah. dude, let me just tell you something. I walked out of the house this morning, and it was 59 degrees. Oh, goodness gracious. That's so beautiful. I, I'm so excited about cooler weather. I'm so tired of it being hot. <laughs> it was, it's currently 80 degrees. <laughs> really? And, and yeah, it's currently 80 and probably was like that overnight, so. Yeah, we're Right now, we're 64, so. It's, I tell you, man, I, I cannot wait for fall. I'm tired of heat. I'm, I'm not I, a pumpkin spice guy, but oh, I, I'm gosh, ready. No. I'm ready for cooler weather, all the football. Yeah, all the football. <laughs> I, I will say this is why people move to South Florida because it, it is 80 degrees. And that sounds like, from your point right now, it sounds like, wow, that's super hot. This is the wonderful, wonderful time of the year from now till spring kind of starts to hit again we are just cruising with wonderful temperatures uh, it'll rain and then five minutes later it's sunny again so I, I don't know that i believe that man i've been to florida in september october there's nothing wonderful about florida in september october it's wonderful weather right now, now it's it's wonderful in january uh yeah yeah it's wonderful in january <laughs> i particularly you like colder weather i like a little bit warmer weather so i, I mean this is just I can't, man. I'm so tired of heat. So, <laughs> I just, I love North Carolina, man. But you know what? And the thing is, this is kind of fake fall, number one. Yeah. Because yeah. it's going to turn right around and be 90 degrees here again in a few days. But we'll have like 12 of these fake falls before we actually have our five minutes of fall. And then, <laughs> you, you don't even remember what it's it like. Here, man. You don't even remember what it's like. I, I remember. No, you don't. I remember. No, you don't. See, you just said that now's the good time of year. You don't remember. I, I hate, well, not hate. Hate is pretty strong. I very much dislike North Carolina's weather. There, there are certain times of year it's beautiful, but between the winter where it's this slushy, rainy, icy stuff all the time, and do you get out and drive or can you drive, you know? And uh, then summers are just brutally hot like everybody is on the, on the East Coast. See, I'm, I'm telling you, you've forgotten. <laughs> You just you don't remember. You've gotten used to the Tampa Bay yes, sir. breeze coming off the Gulf, <laughs> enjoying the 
and enjoying a, a nice rain shower in the afternoon, just enough to steam everything like your seafood. Yeah, and don't be illusioned, people. <laughs> I'm the whitest person ever on the face <laughs> of the earth. I do not go out in the sun a whole lot. I, my my legs look like a sheet of paper. So you you could the only thing you could distinguish between that is the lines on the paper. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, well, brother, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you jumping on with me today. Um, I promise that I will do everything I can to get this coffee right here in, and make <laughs> a couple of coherent thoughts uh, to get this done for Good. us this week. <laughs> we need some coherence today. Well, I'm not going to start that way. Let me just tell you because I was reading this week and I ran across one of my favorite, favorite, favorite one-liners in the entire Bible. Oh gosh. And I just thought, you know what, I have to share this because this is this is one of my favorite passages. So I'm in First uh, Samuel chapter 21, and David has um, David's been running from Saul, right? Because Saul has mm. uh, Saul's gotten jealous because the Lord has left him uh, in this passage, and he's he, he's jealous of David because of the the thing that the people are saying. I'm not I'm not going to say it cuz it's coming up right here. Mm-hmm. But in 21 verse 10 that this this is where we are. And David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish. I'm going to say this like that every time. Achish, the yeah. king of Gath, and the servants of Achish <laughs> said to him, <laughs> Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. So, so Saul is jealous, right? Saul is chasing after him yep. and tries to kill him like 400 times. But uh, Verse 12, And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. <laughs> All right, here, here we go. Love this. Then Achish said to his servants, Behold, you see the man is mad. Why then uh, have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? <laughs> Shall this fellow come into my house? Achish, man, one of the best one-liners. Look, I got enough crazy people. <laughs> you, <laughs> you brought me. You brought me another one? <laughs> Don't I have enough for you? Why yeah, you bring pa- me another one? <laughs> yeah, pastors love to be funny about that. You know, uh, complaining church member. What? I, there's no such thing. <laughs> you bring me another one. <laughs> I want to hear. A pa- I don't. I've never heard it. I want to hear a pastor preach on this passage. Yeah, that's good. I want to hear a pastor preach on it. Do I lack madmen? Don't I have enough? Why? <laughs> Why are you bringing this fool to me? <laughs> that's somebody who is just exasperated. He's, he's, he's been there. He's bought the (laughs) t-shirt. He knows the ropes. He knows what's going on. He's heard Um, all the complaints. He's heard all the complaints. (laughs) He's got two or three desks worth, you know, and he's, yeah. (laughs) Just kills him, man. What are you doing to me, man? Why? (laughs) That's good. I like that. Don't I have enough crazy people? Well, I don't have any, I don't have anything for that. Mine's, mine's serious. So. I told you that. I told you right beforehand. You're like, mine's kind of going to relate, and like, yeah, mine didn't. <laughs> There's no way. Get this though. So he pretended to be insane. <laughs> Scratch, and I'm reading the New Living Translation. So he pretended to be insane, scratching on the doors and drooling down his beard. Well, the ESV's no better, and let spittle run down his beard. Spittle. What? Yeah. <laughs> 
what what are you doing, man? <laughs> this man's got rabies. <laughs> well, David was was good at pretending at times, wasn't he? You know. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we were talking about this in our Bible study last night, and just got kind of got on David's character and stuff like that. And he's always obviously David, the big David. And he's mentioned in all the the big major. David. Uh, big David, you know, he's mentioned with all the godly men of faith in the Bible, and um, he was a murderer, he was an adulterer, he was, you know, uh, evidently a madman <laughs> with a mad spittle down his beard. <laughs> I mean, he was a character. We we sometimes miss all that in in scripture. I mean, we read it too fast. And don't forget, he danced naked. And he danced naked. <laughs> <laughs> Woman, I'll become even more indignified than this. I know. I love that when people use that in, in, in churches. Well, David danced, you know, we should, we should dance. Well, we also ran naked. Are you going to do that one? Please keep your clothes on. Yes, please keep your clothes we, on. Nobody needs to see that. Save us all. We got enough madmen. Take that somewhere oh, else. <laughs> I wipe your beard. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a little, little something going here. Oh man. All right. Turn, turn I, this around I, here, man. Cause I, I got nothing. Yeah, like I said, I got I got nothing serious. I mean, I got everything serious. Well, we're talking about unity today, so I thought um, one of my more favorite passages to read. I love the book of Acts because it's the beginning of the church, and uh, here in Acts four. So, if we and most scholars will associate the the church beginning in Acts two, you know, the start of the church there, um, and. It is pouring down rain. Oh, wow. I was like, what are you doing? I just walked outside and it was bright and sunny. There you go, people. <laughs> anyway, um, so here in Acts 4, uh, you know, you see the growth of the church and, and what's going on. But particularly, people will drill in on this passage and talk about the, the power of miracles and the powers that the apostles had. But I think there's a different point to this message, and it's what we're going to talk about today. Starting with Acts 4, verse 32, it says, All the believers were uni- uh, united, and I'm reading New Living Translation, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that way that they owned, or they felt the way that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles were testified, uh, po- had testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's blessing upon them all. So there were no needy people among them, and that's kind of key, because those who owned land and houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Uh, for instance, Joseph, the one of the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, whose son, who's meaning son of encouragement, he was one of the tribe of Levi and came to the island of Cyprus, and he sold a field and owned and, that he had owned and brought the money to the apostles. Now, people take this in, in a couple different ways. Oh, well, look, they, they gave all their money to the poor. In this specific passage, they sold what they had to support each other, support the believers in this, and that's the context of it. So and it all kicks off with verse 32. They were so unified in heart and mind. I don't think that means they agreed with each other on every single thing, but there was a cause if you read the context of the passage, there was a cause for their unity of heart, and it was Christ and, and the mission. And, and this is the church getting off the ground. How did they do great things? How did they get the message out? How were they able to come to this kind of unified effort to where a man goes and sells a piece of land 
because his brother is in need. And, you know, if, if, and it kind of ties into this fact, if we're all, um, you know, reaching forth in our efforts to, to reach people with the gospel, then this is the kind of unified effort that we need to have. Um, I, I just love that. It's, it's, it's a neat passage to think about and go into. So, but how do you get unified in heart and unified in mind like that to do? Here we go. That was your intro. <laughs> Danny, how do we do that? What does it look like? You close your Facebook <laughs> and your Twitter accounts. Oh, close them all. <laughs> you knew I was going to go there. <laughs> close them all. You, know, you, you won't know. even agree. You won't even agree with yourself if you read social media today. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I was talking with uh, talking with our, our kids pastor the other day, and we were talking about uh, you know just when we go on vacation, it's it's sometimes it's hard to go to church because yeah, you're you're constantly evaluating what's going on as if mm-hmm. it matters to you, you know, or for you. Yeah. Or you if know? you can change it, as you can change it. Yeah, it, as if know? I can do anything about it and whatever I say has any weight. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't stop us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was telling him, I, sometimes I struggle going to worship other places just because I can't, sometimes I just can't turn it off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that slide change was slow. Oh, the, that lyric was wrong. What was what was the electric guitar player thinking? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a tempo is so slow. Yeah, oh I, my goodness, I struggle with that. You know, from time to time. But uh, he said, he said, yeah, I don't. It's not so much with the music. He said, with the with the preacher. He said, with the preaching, the message. Always constantly evaluating what is being said and what is being mm-hmm. preached and everything. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, I've never met a pastor that I 100% agree with. I said, even when I preached it. (laughs) (laughs) Even when it was me, I didn't agree with me. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way it feels sometimes, you know. Um, Well, and and, and we've been in ministry for quite a long time. How many times have you, pardon me, how many times have you sat down on a Monday after Sunday and evaluated what went on? And it's just a natural, you know, I, I hate those times. Because there's nobody, if a mistake happens on stage or a mistake happens during the service, trust me, I'm the first one that knows, you know, I'm, see, I'm likely the first one to see it. But I don't get that. I don't get that at all, man. Just to be honest with you. You don't. How in the world do you wait till Monday? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're thinking about it Sunday for sure. Well, you and I are texting each other. Oh, the tracks bombed this morning. Everything went dead. You know, the drummer was this or that, or we yeah. text each other all the time about that, you know. Not we, had, you know, we really don't. If you think about it, we don't text a whole lot on Sunday. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't have a lot of brain power by the time church yeah. is over to do much. But, um, but yeah, I mean that's a great passage, and you know there there is a lot to be said for uh, unity in the church, uh, mm. for unity between believers, um, and that's that's one of the things we want to talk about today. But more specifically unity in worship right mm-hmm. how do we come together in worship what are the implications of that um and and why is this why is this an important piece for us i mean look bottom line is you boil all of scripture down if you could stand let me let me let me back up if you could stand in front of jesus right now amen and you said I'm sorry, I couldn't worship that day. There was no blank. There yeah. was no organ. There was no mm-hmm. band. There was no I don't, whatever. 
I don't, there was I, whatever. It doesn't matter. Fill it in with whatever you want. I just wasn't being fed that day. Uh, sure. Uh, the kid beside me was making too much noise. Yeah. Um, the, the guy on slides was slow. The sound guy was too loud, too soft. Uh, what, whatever. He didn't open a mic on time. Pick it. Whatever. Put Fill in the blank there. I couldn't mm-hmm. worship because. How do you think that's going to go? <laughs> it's not. I mean, be- it feels silly. It feels silly even addressing. But we don't think of that in a moment, do we? You know, and I say we, I'm being nice. You know, we, we hear that sometimes. Well, it was too loud this morning or it was not, I, not loud enough. I, I've, yeah, I've had a visiting pastor come in that preached on the day and, and, and he told me, so brother, don't mean to pick, but it just wasn't loud enough this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. I appreciate the, 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 the constructive criticism there. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, sometimes those things are, it's good to hear those things because especially if you're leading, because you don't get the opportunity to be out in the congregation to hear what it sounds like. And I know a lot of folks, I know a lot of folks are like, well, you and I both, we wear in-ear monitors. Yeah. So I hear exactly what I want to hear. Most of the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me too. Sometimes I get a little bleed over something on some channel, but and I, I, I hear things, and I'm like, oh, I hope that's not going out in the house. <laughs> but so so we don't get that. So fine, that kind of thought, that kind of statement is can be helpful, right? But, but how, how but would at Christ the end of the respond day, to that? Yeah. But at the end of the day, if that's your focus, mm. I, I feel like we say this a lot. Our focus is almost always... <laughs> For all of sin to fall short of the glory of God, right? Mm-hmm. Our focus is almost always in the wrong spot. Yeah. And that's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit, which is why this this unity idea is such an important piece of the puzzle, right? Yeah. And it takes, of course, everyone in the room, if you're talking about corporate worship, takes everybody to be unified. Uh, verse 32 of that passage says, believers were united in heart and in mind. So that means their minds were focused, and and I believe we're a trichotomy. You know, we could get into that whole doctrinal argument, but our heart, and what does the heart symbolize most of the time in Scripture? I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> Some people say that's the spirit. Oh, yes, the spirit within our soul within us. or And then the mind. So physically, my mind is focused on the task, the goal, God is what we're talking about, and in the heart. Is is the essence of the person, so the soul and our heart and our mind is, is focused. So I, it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my brain was actually somewhere else as you're saying that because I'm thinking your your passage, your translation said heart and mind. Is mm. that right? Yeah. The ESV says heart and soul. Yeah, that's what, and that's what Scripture, the heart, uh, most of the time throughout Scripture is is translated soul. Uh, in, in a lot of places, and and that's the argument: Are we a dichotomy, a trichotomy, kind of you know heart, soul, spirit, or are we you know heart, soul, or mind and soul, that kind of thing? Yeah. Put all that aside. Just, just understand they were united in efforts to God is to be pleased. God is to be worshipped. I just thought that was an interesting yeah. translation choice that you said new living, right? Yeah, That's an interesting living. choice that they made to go mind and uh, heart and mind, whereas mm-hmm. the ESV goes 
heart and soul. Uh, and CSB I, goes heart and mind. I actually would well. like actually would like to look that up and dig into that a little bit and see what what's going on there. But come back next week, folks. No, <laughs> not not for a Greek lesson. <laughs> no. But you know I, this idea though. So if you read any books on worship, if you're if you dig into worship at all, mm. one of the main ideas, one of the main thought patterns that you will find is worship has um, two directions, if you will. So you obviously you have the vertical direction, which is what happens between you and God, mm-hmm. right? So there's that there's that encounter between you and God as you worship him as his spirit um, stirs up your soul within you and as, as his word is proclaimed and that impacts your heart. I mean, those those things are pretty pretty well known. I would think any believer would say that that's what worship is, right? Yeah. But the other aspect of that is the horizontal relationship, right? Right. So you have this interplay that goes on between you and the people that are sitting around you, uh, between you and the pastor, um, between each of us that is a, um, it's an edification type of layer to worship, right? That we don't, we don't often think about. And that layer, that layer is very interesting to me because that's the one that, um, that's the more complex one, I guess I would say, in yeah, my mind. Because to me, the vertical relationship, the vertical understanding of what worship is between you and God, that makes sense. It's simple. Yeah. Submit to him. Receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Let that change you, right? Let the Spirit work in you. Let the Spirit draw you closer in. Let the Spirit intercede on your behalf when you don't know what to pray. The Spirit prays on our behalf, right? That's what Scripture right. tells us. Yeah. So the Spirit dwells in us, and because of that, it enables that connection between us and God. See, to me, that's that's from a relational standpoint, that's simple. Mm. We submit. He does the work in us, right? The complex relationship is the one that happens between you and your neighbor sitting there mm. because that relationship that worship relationship, if you will, obviously is built on the fact that you're worshiping vertically. If that doesn't take place, nothing's going to happen horizontally. But I would almost even argue you, you can't really have one without the other. Of course, I can worship God in private, but we were built for community. Sure. We were built for community. It was not good for man to be alone. That, mo- that doesn't just mean get a woman and hide somewhere, you know, <laughs> now everything's good. Cause you have a woman. It, it, it means we were built for community. It's not good for man to be alone. We see that reflected in, in everything about acts to building the church sure. forward. Right. But that, that sideways horizontal relationship that happens in a worship service between you and your neighbor, that is where the vertical relationship plays out. Hmm if you will, you've got the vertical relationship between you and God. 
that enables the horizontal relationship between you and your neighbor. Yeah, it's all based yeah, right. on that. It's like you said, we're we're designed to be in community. We're we're designed for relationships. And that horizontal relationship, we okay, look, I said my thing wasn't gonna apply, my scripture wasn't gonna apply, but in a way it does. It, it does, yeah. Because David Except has the part. <laughs> <laughs> because David has this fear of Saul, even mm. though I mean it certainly by all indications, if you read through First uh, Samuel uh, <clears throat> and Second Samuel, David has all the advantage. Mm. David has at least two opportunities to kill him: once mm-hmm. in the cave, and once we, when he's asleep in the middle of the camp, and he comes and takes his spear. Right. Yeah. So well, David, even, even within that, he fears God. That's why he fears and respects. So David Saul, has right? all the advantage in this. Yeah. Saul has effectively been delivered into his hand, but because of the relationship between God and David, David has a respect between him and Saul that he defers to the Lord's chosen, right? Because God Mm. appointed Saul in that role. And David says multiple times, look, I've done no wrong. I'm not raising my hand against the Lord's anointed, right? Mm-hmm. And so that relationship is very much the same as what happens in with us as we sit there in the room and as we sing, um, are you washed in the blood? Let's throw that out there. Are you asking Jesus that? <laughs> You're not. I mean, it's no. his blood. You're not singing that necessarily to Jesus, that is a question as you sing, are you washed in the blood, that you're asking everybody that's around you. Now, you're singing theological truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus died. His blood paid the sins. It, it, may, it paid the price for my sins. It's washed me clean. It allows me the avenue to, to be here and to worship him. And I want the same. What you're saying is I want the same for you and you and you yeah. and you. Right? So that, that horizontal relationship is key. And as we think about that, that relationship is not built on me. Right. Right. As you're it's, singing it's that. Even, it's not even, well, yeah, me, it's not built on, on, on anything but the foundation of Christ. But what so I'm, that's, but what I'm, what I'm getting at though is me and not, not me personally, but right. In relationship to Self. myself, me, yeah. It is irrelevant. Christ gave everything he had for us on our behalf so that we could be reconciled to the Father and have a way for ultimately for things to be made right. And that is the same relationship that we should show when we're in worship. So I struggle when somebody comes to me and says, not not the band was too loud, not we didn't have organ today, not we didn't have the band today, so I couldn't, none of, okay, I, I understand things being too loud, I understand something Practical, not being right, yeah. I, I get that, That I don't struggle with that one. What mm-hmm. I struggle with, and I, don't, I didn't say that exactly right there, but what I struggle with is when somebody says, Look, I tuned out because we didn't have X, Y, Z. 
that's where I struggle because that ultimately makes it about me. And the Christian life, the Christian relationship is inherently about you. Not me, you. It's about the others. It's us giving ourselves, right? And so if I, let's just say, Look, I have two very different services. Okay, I'll just yeah, you do. I'll use very. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be very personal here. We have two very different services. I mean, one, our first service, we have a band. It's wide open. We sing. You know, we 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 pour everything we have into that service. Not that we don't do it in the other, but from an energy kind of perspective, right? Mm. The second service is very traditional. Most mm. of the time, it's just organ accompaniment. I, I'm good with that. I don't have a problem with that. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's easier. I, I like it all, <laughs> right? Um, no, it's easier. From, from, a, <laughs> from, a, um, from an execution standpoint, yeah. yes. Because it's me and him. Yeah. And a choir. But... From an execution standpoint, yes, it's easier. But I appreciate all of that. But if I come into my first service, if I come into that first service and I, and I, let's just say I decide I get a wild hair one morning and I have my organist come in and I have him play a song with us in that service. Or flip, flip Or let's services. flip it. We yeah. go to the other service. Flip services. And I bring drums and a bass player and a guitar in and I do something in that service. People feel very strongly about styles of worship. Um, you know, the worship wars, <clears throat> they've largely died down, I think, from a, from a larger perspective than the individual church, but there's still elements of it that happen in individual churches. And I'm not, I'm not complaining about that here. What I'm, what I'm getting at is when we come to one of those services and something is different, it's something that we don't necessarily like, when we make it about that, mm-hmm. the last thing we have is unity. Because the last thing we're focused on is Christ. And the first thing we're focused mm-hmm. on, this ugly mug, right? We're focused yeah. on ourselves. Let's just say it is. We use code words like, you know, I, I struggle. And I'm not trying to speak for you, but I'll say this for myself. We just think it's wrong. And, and we think biblically there's a foundation for that. What we're saying is if you're arguing over genre, then you're likely in the wrong no matter what side you're on. I, I've got people to swear, you know, contemporary music is, is we shouldn't do old stuff and, you know, we should do straight contemporary. But then there's the flip side. Oh, it's got to be hymns. They're more biblical than contemporary songs. And I think both of them are wrong. I, I absolutely think both of them are from a wrong place. Sure. It's from a preferential standpoint. I'm not going to say to the extent that God doesn't care of what genre we use. I think he absolutely does. But I think we put too much emphasis there. If unity is our goal, when I walk into a service and I lift Christ by singing, as long as the text or the text is biblical, it could be rap. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And and I know that's going to flip L- some people like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, yeah, as long as it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in your context, that wouldn't apply. There are contexts of certain churches in certain places where rap is absolutely... I'm just saying as long as I'm not the one that has to rap. <laughs> no, you don't want me rapping no. either. I might have to I bring mean, somebody I, in for that. Yeah. I personally just 
cannot, I'm not a big country music person. I just don't like the sound, which applies in the Christian realm. I just don't like Southern gospel sound. There are some that I would agree text-wise, man, they're just fantastic songs, great songs. The sound particularly. So I would change that more to a band sound at my church and maybe do that, that type of song. But again, arguing over the preference of genre and things like that, I think you're, 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 I'm going to be strong here. You're absolutely just putting your foot down and saying, I'm not going to be in unity. I got a whole room full of people singing, whatever it is, yeah. traditional or contemporary. If you fold your arms or if you disengage yourself from worshiping at that point, it's on you. It's, it's between you and God and sure. God, God's not wrong. <laughs> so, you know, well, I think you, you're you're very right there because as you well thank you as your focus shifts <laughs> as your focus shifts from the Lord and worshiping yeah. Him to the method of worship. Look, man, I mean, you've I know you've been places like this. You go to the other side of the world, mm-hmm. you don't have a clue what's being sung. No clue. You don't even recognize the tune because your the culture is so different. I mean, they don't even use the same modes that we do, right? right. Yeah, church I'm, modes are not even the same. Yeah. No, I mean, like musical modes, they're yeah. so different, and the sound is so uh, I went to offensive India. to our yeah. ear, to our American ear. Yeah. It's not what we're used to hearing. But when the people are lifting their voices together, you can't help but worship what God is doing in that place. You can't help but worship Him because of what He's doing yeah. in that place. I said that wrong. Don't worship what, don't worship the worship. Right. Worship yeah, Him, yeah. right? I was two hours of sleep, man. I'm, I promise you, I'm gonna get all this out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just amazing to see that happen. And you, I know you, you, you just said you've been to India. Yeah, I've been kind of that way. Uh, I, I can't say where I've been because I don't. Uh, uh, that needs to stay. On the DL, but on the DL, that's right. I went back there. Um, Email me if you want to know. I'll tell you. <laughs> if, Whoever if, you're is, too, if you're too young to speak that language, send us yeah. A note. <laughs> no, I, I know where you, you've been, and and I've been to parts of the world there in the same way. I, I can share an experience in India. We we sat in a room where pastors traveled. Some of them traveled twenty five miles by foot to get to this place where they meet for church on on a specific day. It's not Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, like, you know, we, we would think, but you get there. I was there on an Easter Sunday morning, and the place is full. It's a cement slab. Women on the right side, men on the left side. That's just their culture. Yeah. Children on with the women. And they sang songs, had no clue. I actually taught them some Getty songs <laughs> uh, when I was there. And to be honest, they were pretty boring compared to what they do. <laughs> Yeah, but their focus—I mean, they had a tambourine and 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 a guy beating on what looked like a drum, but <laughs> it was just—it it wasn't about the instruments for them. It was just about people coming together to sing, and we sang for so long. It was great. <laughs> you know, I I didn't really know what we were singing. I recognized some of the hymns that they pulled in, some of of you know westernized contemporary song or whatever. Man, for them, it was not about. They didn't care. And and it was just, you know how it is, it show up. If you play an instrument, come on up here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Grab one. It, it wasn't in ears and it wasn't the whole nine yards. Yep. You know, we're and by the way, we're sitting on the floor. 
So cement pad was sat there on the floor, and it was a three and a half hour service. I would still be sitting on that floor. Oh yeah, oh I couldn't. It was right hard now, to get up. I would <laughs> still be sitting there. I'd be well, a permanent fixture up. on that floor. <laughs> it was 105 degrees, oh. so <laughs> and the electricity goes out about every three hours there. So the ceiling fans who that were like ten feet above us were not very helpful. Mm. Anyway. When you when you're and you've been in the situation too, when you're in that situation, it, it's very much a you can focus on all those things, and I think the devil tries to take your mind in that direction. But then again, here I am on an Easter Sunday morning celebrating the resurrection with India Indian believers. Mm-hmm. That took my heart more than than anything that I didn't have or could have had. Well, it gives you context of who your brothers and sisters are, right? Yeah. Because we get in the habit of seeing the same people. Look, I know where people sit in my sanctuary. I've been yeah, here a year too. now. I've been here too. It took me about five minutes to learn where people sit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, somebody will come in and sit in that spot. I'm just watching, just waiting to see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, excuse me, sir. You're in my spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. sir. I'm, I'm going to need you to get out of my spot. <laughs> That's my seat. <laughs> I visited a church one time, and I'm not going to say where, but... The, the there was um, Angela and I came in and sat down and the guy sat behind us him and his wife and he said and jokingly and I think he meant it as a joke but it came out not too great he was like now I'll let you sit there this Sunday but if you come back you know that the, <laughs> yeah I was like what <laughs> first time we'd ever been in that church it that's, was that's funny yeah uh, you know so where's the heart at where's the heart at in mind there thank you for coming this morning I'm glad you get to hear God's word now. You're in my seat. So, in my seat. so <laughs> I mean, that's important, right? The, the, the <laughs> unity in corporate worship is, yeah. I mean, I would say <clears throat> it certainly is second most important to the vertical perspective where we're actually worshiping Jesus because out of that, out of that horizontal, uh, vertical flow comes the horizontal relationship where we yeah. really relate Look, man, I see the little eighty-year-old lady down the road from me singing "How Great Thou Art" or mm-hmm. singing "You Turn Graves into Gardens." Mm-hmm. I mean, that blesses my soul, man. Got a bunch of people that are like that, and they don't care what it is; they're just eager to worship God. And and I think with that's, his people, yes. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's what we're after, right? Is mm-hmm. not look. I have I have preferences. I sure mm-hmm. do, no doubt. I don't. <laughs> I do not. I'm glad All my preferences have been stripped away. I'm glad you're in Florida so that lightning strike doesn't happen here. Um, I would have preferred Doug the Cowboys dark. to win last night, but, you know, <laughs> we have a kicker that can't kick. They did play They did play very well. but Yeah, they did. So, so, yes, I have my preferences, but when it comes to worship, I don't care. Mm. I, I legitimately do not care. Yeah. Um, I cut my teeth on hymns. That's mm-hmm. practically – I had piano teachers – I was classically trained, all that thing. But ultimately, what made me the musician I am today was having to open that hymn book every Sunday, every week, mm-hmm. and play whatever they chose. <laughs> so I cut my teeth on hymns, right? And that made me, that, that has been a part of what has made me the musician I am today. So I, I literally, I legitimately do not have a preference. Mm-hmm. I go from dancing around the stage at 930 here <laughs> to standing behind a pulpit and conducting with an organ and a choir. I love yeah. it all. I re- I legitimately 
do. I I do too. I, you know what I think of I think of one more thing before we hit move on to kind of a secondary subtopic of this. I think of what the outside world looks at us and thinks a lot. I, I know we we're not to build things just because of that, but as an extension of we are an we are a light that shines. We are a display of our God. Right. When a visitor comes to our church unsaved possibly come on man it's a guest guest when a guest comes to our church visitor uh, comes to our church um what are what are they seeing are they looking around the room and are they seeing people not sing because they don't like a song are are they seeing because they don't like the the instrumentation or whatever it doesn't really matter or are they seeing a group of people like wow these people really love the Lord because to the guest, they don't really care, right? They don't care. The Generally. I mean, they have preferences too, but they don't really care. They're just coming to visit a church and see what it's like. They have preferences as well, but we're so spoiled that we, we argue over preferences. And when you think we should be pushing our way to, like you said, and I know why you love both services. You just love being with God's people in a room with a bunch of people singing and loving the Lord. Mm-hmm. We went to the Sing Conference, right? Mm-hmm. And this was actually today was, what, two, three years ago when we went to the Sing Conference. I saw today. a video of that, yeah. Yeah. And the video that I saw probably was the same one you did. The one thing that caught us both was a room of 5,000, 8,000 people singing in unison. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't matter what they were singing, just the overwhelmness. And it almost brings you to tears when you hear you know, all these men and all these women standing in a room unified singing that's the display that i think we should have and that's the goal we should have in in loving loving god and worshiping together well ultimately at the end of time at the end end of our time when Uh we stand what what kind of person are you (laughs) when we stand before the lord Mm. what did you do with what i gave you right it's the talents What, what did you do with what i gave you did you invest it, grow those? Did you did you did you do well with that, or did you bury it in the sand and just wait to hand it back to me? Don't even put it in the bank and give me interest. You just buried it in the sand. Here you go. I knew you were a harsh man. That's what the the, the parable is. I knew you were a harsh man, so here's your talent back. Mm. Ultimately, what do we do with what God has given us? Do we take full advantage of yeah. of that that time to be with our brothers and sisters? to worship the Lord, and to edify our family. Hmm. And part of the reason that that edification is a very important piece of the puzzle is we kind of transition because that that singing, that worship, that edification, look, even active listening while the pastor is preaching, right, and you know what I mean by that. You're oh, you're yeah. engaged with him. You're engaged with the scripture. You're not. You don't have your Bible. T- I mean, your phone tucked in your Bible, scrolling Facebook. You oh, know? they don't do that anymore. They just <laughs> you know? they just hold it out. I mean, I look. So, hey, you're on Facebook. What are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just nobody's ashamed of that anymore. No. But because we're we're here because we have to do it or we just want to get this done so that we can go home and watch football or what whatever it is. Go out to lunch. The Mexican restaurant, man, we gotta beat everybody else to the Mexican restaurant. 
well, the Methodist. I put it this way: we don't we don't treat it as precious anymore. We yeah, don't treat right. it as life saving anymore. We yeah. treat it as we're used to it. Okay, just, we got to get through this do. thirty minutes. Yeah, this is what we this do. This is what we do. Yeah. So whether you're singing your heart out or Israel whether you're that. whether you're actively listening and paying attention and taking in what the pastor is preaching, this the the singing that worship, um, and and I'm. I'm trying to be real careful here because I don't want to equate singing with worship because it's the whole experience, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That worship time, that horizontal worship time changes us just as much as that vertical time does, right? So as we encounter God in the vertical and and we exhort our fellow pew sitters as we as, as we are together in that service, you know, neighbor, are you washing the blood? I mean, we're we're asking them, we're sharing the gospel with them. Certainly that is one way that it changes us, right? Mm, yeah. The the unchurched certainly are impacted by the gospel. But here's the other thing. I promise you, you can never hear the gospel enough. Oh, no. You can hear it proclaimed every second of every day, and it won't be enough. Mm. The day we stand before our Savior is the day that it was enough, right? Mm. You can never hear it enough. Yes. Your faith becomes sight, right? Yeah. So we no longer have hope in Jesus. We no longer have faith in Jesus. It's we see it. realized. Yeah. We see it. It's mm-hmm. he's right in front of us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to believe because now we see. And so as we encounter him and our fellow believers in worship, it changes us. John Calvin said that singing functions in a worship service just like prayer does. Mm. Um, he said that, that that singing is much like what we do when we talk to God in prayer. When we spend that time in prayer, it's just a vocalized, melodized, me- melodized? Melodized. Melodized. <laughs> Am I making up words? Probably. You are making two, up a word. Leave me alone. Two hours good, of sleep. Though. Two hours Sounded sleep. good, though. Go with it. Melodized. We'll but, go with that. But as we set that prayer to tune, that's what he said singing was. Yeah. And I think that's a great word because we tend to, as a worship leader, as you're standing there on Sunday morning, you can look at the people in the middle of a song and you know who's with you and who's not. Mm-hmm. It can be the grumpy old man in the back. It can be the five-year-old dancing around in the pew in the front. That that would be my kid, by the way. <laughs> Except he's not five anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But you can tell. You can tell when they're engaged with you. You can tell when that kid is just moving because he's just moving, and you can tell that that grumpy old man is worshiping his heart out, even though he may not have smiled in twenty years. Mm. you know right you can tell 
And that singing, it causes us to look to others. And that, I think, fundamentally is what changes us more than than anything else is we are putting ourselves as Christ has called us to do the the first shall be last the last shall be first we put ourselves in that kind of position where we defer okay maybe I don't like band music but for the sake of my neighbor sitting here rock and roll brother yeah right maybe I don't like organ and choir and piano and whatever but for the sake of my fellow believers drop the hammer on that organ and play the mess out of it. Right. This is where fundamentally for me, I have the, you said struggle. I have the biggest struggle and I I try not to, to get out of sorts with it. I try to think of it in the, in the godly frame, but, but here's the question I ask people when they say, well, I just can't worship with that, that song. I had a particular encounter with a lady who um, we had, we had sung a hymn. uh, I think it was how great thou art. And then we sang another uh, uh, Phil Wickham song. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, I, and the comments were something to the effect of, well, you know, that, that hymn was just great, but I don't know about those other songs. They just weren't, they weren't, you know, the Seven Eleven. The the it was, you know, very, wasn't very deep and stuff like that. So I, I, I rarely do this, but I called her, I called her bluff. And I said, okay, let's, let's look at the lyrics here for a second. Just happen to have the court sheets on stage. And I said, well, let's, you know, how great thou art, great lyrics, love it, wonderful. But then I read, um, you know, who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. And I said, what is watered down about that? And, and I mean, it was kind of the stunned silence. I, well, you know, um, <laughs> you know, it, I, I said, look, it, it's when you place preferences in front of, you know, unified, and I didn't say uni- unity and things like that, but when you place your preferences in front of us, you're not pleasing God. You know, when I do that, I'm not pleasing God. Yeah. And it's so tough, but I, I, you know, I'm getting to a place where as a pastor, I think it's in a very, very humble way to teach people, look, we've got to let go of that. Yeah. We've, we've got to worship God. And, and this text, along with the hymns, along with, even Southern gospel, as much as I don't like it, text is important. What we say to each other, like you said, this way is important. And what we're singing and teaching each other and encouraging, what, what's the purpose of the church? Worship God, encourage the believers, go on the mission. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably the three primary things. Well, this is the this is the together part. This is the encouraging believers by singing these words. Grab a hold of that, and if you hold it, you grab a hold of that. Like you said, those people, you don't care what what we sing, in, in the context of good textual yeah. biblical scripture, yeah. you know, scripture. But we, it doesn't matter the genre. Yeah, and I, I struggle with those kinds of comments because I mean, you know, generally, that's uh, a blanket statement, right? But you know where they're coming from, right? It's I, I don't like of, this change. I, I like, like this, this kind style. of music. Right. That's not what I grew up with. I don't like this style. Let's let's yeah. let's go back to that. But and I feel that. I feel that in people. You know, I feel that in myself sometimes. Well well the thing is, as a worship pastor, as as a worship leader or a leader in general, 
you you need to hear that comment for what it is and use that as a teaching moment. So mm-hmm. what I, I mean, what I've learned over my years as a worship pastor is people are going to sing whatever they like, whatever they want to sing, whether or not it's worth singing. Yeah. Okay, and, and I, I say that because you think about there's some hymns I mean, they're not worth the paper they're written no, on. They're trash. Yeah, some, some, some. Yes, and, and that that also goes the other way. There are some mm-hmm. contemporary songs. They're not worth the the digital <laughs> ink. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> you and I talk about that all the time. Like this song's not going to make it. it. It's 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 you know it's okay text. It's it's a fun song to sing yeah. right now, but it, ten years it won't be around. Yeah, you know. And, and so I mean, I think if we seriously come together and worship we tune in mm. and as i said with with the pastor preaching the word it's the same with the music if you're just singing along like karaoke if you're just following the ball bouncing that's not worship right worship is where we come in we engage we tune in we pay attention to what we're singing oh lord my god mm. In your awesome wonder, you on the hymns how today, great aren't thou you? art. Yeah, you on the hymns today, aren't or, you? Or, <laughs> or, <laughs> oh God, you are my living hope. Yeah, yep. Or, you turn graves, you take my dead soul, yeah, and you make it beautiful, and you turn it into a garden of worship. I mean. You, certainly you can do, I mean, you can do way worse than all of those. Yeah. But because we don't tune in and we don't pay any attention because we're going through the motions. And you need to use those, worship leader, hear me, you need to use those moments, as, as Doug said, humbly, mm. to use those as teaching moments, right? Because those are the opportunities that we have to sit down with somebody and just say, look, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I love the songs that you're talking about, but we can't discount all of this too mm-hmm. because we like that better. Well, for a lot of churches in a lot of contexts, they have chosen a particular direction. Sure. And and this is kind of what we've done at our church. I know you sure. guys do two services. We've chosen a particular direction to go in, and we feel with contemporary music, there's enough solid there, just like if we chose to go traditional. And mm-hmm. and I could I could love that as well, because I'm like you. I, I cut my teeth on all the, the hymns of the faith and stuff like that. Still love them today. Mm-hmm. But we've chosen a particular direction to go in, and I, I think it's important for, you know, when I go... Have you ever thought about this? This is a question I've been, been, you've been in ministry. I know my brain's going different directions. You and I have been in worship ministry pretty much, you know, all our professional career. And somebody asked me this, well, would you, would you choose, what church would you go to if you weren't a pastor? Mm. You know, would you leave a church because of the music style? And I had to faithfully answer, no, I wouldn't. If it was biblical text, you know, I can stand in a worship service for years and sing the hymns all the time. Now, I personally like contemporary music as well, but 
but I don't think I would leave a church that I wouldn't break unity over that. Some people would. I, I think that's wrong. I think that's the wrong focus and wrong mentality. Being fed. I'm not being fed. Well, <laughs> I, my, my very, very humble answer to you, if you feel like you're not being fed, is that's not the church's problem in most cases, and yeah. it's also not God's problem. It's yours, you know? Because like you said, we're not connecting with the Word. We're not connecting with... How many times have you stood on stage and sang the words of living hope or something like that, and you just feel like you want to run down the aisle? Or... <laughs> All is well with my soul. How many times have you sang that and just yeah. been brought to tears, right? Yeah. And I'm the same way. It is the message that motivates us. And and I think for encouragement of the believers, we have to get to that spot. Let the text that accompanies scripture, let that feed our souls. Get off the preference stuff. Just get over it. I, mean, I, I know that's easy, but just get over th- it. <laughs> there is not a song that impacts me more than when I survey the wonders cross. Yeah, me too. Pick, pick, that's that's my absolute favorite one. Pick pick any song. I don't care what song you pick. Contemporary, traditional, uh, or or contemporary or hymn, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Mm. I will sing that song in any service, mm-hmm. straight up. Me too. There is there is no song that impacts me more than that. But because you said that, it doesn't mean that. Hymns are the godly music as opposed to, and brings people in unity. And it's just that alone right. that does it. So but you, I agree. That's one of my, that, that is my favorite song probably number one. So, I mean, your, your church has, has kind of chosen who they're going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God and has, every church has to. God has put you in a specific place in a specific context mm-hmm. for you to reach those around you. Right. Um, in a lot of ways, to me, there's nothing more discouraging than people who drive past 10 churches to go to the one that they're going to when there's nothing wrong with that small church on the corner right there by the house. That's the context mm-hmm. you're in. You live there. Mm-hmm. Or nowadays, it's, well, I'm going to stay home and go to church online. Oh, uh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I, I'm all about streaming, and I'm all about providing stuff on there, but there's no... You can't encourage the believers. You can't be encouraged yourself. You can't join in unity that's and a, mission. That's a stop gap measure, right? Yeah, yeah. All that does is that fills in the gap when you are unable to be there because mm-hmm. whatever. That's not it's a permanent an, solution. Don't get me wrong. I think it's an important thing to continue to build and provide, but it is not It's not what God intended for community. For the believer, unity. that is not the right. ideal. Right. If exactly. you can go to church, you should go to church. But I do agree that streaming is not going to go away. No. But that should not be our primary right. avenue of worship. Yeah. It's a stopgap. Because, just like you were saying, it it's a false connection, if you will. Right? Because you're, you're watching, you may even participate, you may sing your heart out with all that going on, but you don't have that horizontal connection yeah, and that the, God has the, called us to, to experience. In the creative community, you know, we, we, we try to get people to engage. So and this is honestly what I do on a Sunday morning. Part of my job is, is communications and uh, things like that for the church. So I lead worship and I sit down and as the pastor's preaching, 
I pop in on our Facebook feed and I engage with folks as they're home. Some of our seniors who can't come right now during COVID, they just need connection and I see it. So I get on and engage with them and they'll, they'll amen and praise the Lord during the service. And I'm making sure I'm trying to engage with, but it's still, and they know this, Mm -hmm. it's still not building community unity like it is you can in person. And that's what God created us for. Well, I mean, you know, those those folks, they probably want to be in church. Oh, they do, yeah. They as do. much as anybody, but for yep. whatever reason, they're unable to actually be there and participate. So, But look, the songs that you sing, the attitude that you approach those songs with, I mean, all of that, it facilitates both relationships. I'm just recap here, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. The vertical relationship, that the Holy Spirit enables between you and the Lord and the horizontal relationship between you and your brothers and sisters. That's key. Those mm-hmm. two are key. You get this one, the horizontal, uh, vertical, sorry. You get the vertical. Work on that horizontal because that's the one that calls us together. That's the one that calls us in unity because of the vertical. Yeah. And how do you work on that? You engage. Engage. I don't engage ca- what God has given you. You engage the music. You engage the preaching. You engage each other. Look, can I and, tell you, look, as a worship pastor, can I tell you how many songs I sing that I don't particularly like? Oh, gosh. I, I'm <laughs> him, him or modern. Yeah. I don't care. Yep. I mean, yep. I, but I don't pick them because I like them. Can I tell you like how many our, our praise team doesn't like? <laughs> It's hard as a musician too because we kind of wear them out, right? We do them. We between, feel like we're doing them every Sunday. Between listening them. to them, yeah, rehearsing them, and then actually doing them, we, we get sick of them. But, but I don't, I don't exclude them because I'm tired of them or because they're not my preference. Mm-hmm. It, it just is what it is, and I'm not trying to hold myself up on that. But I'm just trying to use it, use it as an example. Mm-hmm. Look, we are going to sing songs that we don't like. We're going to choose those songs because they fit with the message that's being proclaimed that day. It's what God's laid on our heart, whatever, right? Whichever way you're you're going with those kinds of things, we choose them because it's what God's leading us to do. Well, to me, it's like I told my son. He had this notion and thought as he was reading through Scripture, and, and we have him on a reading plan where mm-hmm. they just read. You know, they're trying to read through the New Testament. Okay. Well, Dad, I already read that. And, I, okay, son, yes, you and I both know as adults how many times we've read the same passage of Scripture, but then God just smacks us right in the head with a new application yeah. of the same interpretation. Well, you know what? Music is like that as well. I've sung songs just so many times where I'm just like, and I'm telling the praise team, I'm trying to encourage them, guys, be, be excited about this. Here's the text, you know. But to me, it's, Oh, we sing the song again, but inevitably somebody will come to me after the song. Yeah, that song really spoke to me. I'm going through this in my life, and yep. God spoke to me this morning with that and, and the word, and just and the encouragement here is to be consistent. If you're in that unity battle, that genre battle, that that whole mess, just be consistent. Don't uh, don't knee jerk. Just just follow the Lord in that, and just be consistent and, and pray. Right. And yeah, always. I mean, all you can do is pray for your own heart, mm. pray for the hearts of those around you. Um, 
and just pray that God draws us all together, right? Yeah. Because ultimately, one day we're going to stand before the throne and we're going to sing, Holy, 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 it's the Lord God Almighty. Who was, and it repeats a lot, by the way. It's a seven eleven song, and it repeats a lot, and it's we're going to sing it's a it forever. Eight billion is what it yes. is. <laughs> I mean, just just get get used to it now, because mm-hmm. for some of us, I'm afraid that we get to heaven, it's going to be a little bit of a shock to us. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, be encouraged, folks. I mean, look if you're not a worship leader. Check in. Check in. Make sure you're paying attention to what's going on. Check into the service. Pay attention to the lyrics that you're singing. Pay attention to the passage that your pastor's preaching and, and the words that he's using to to teach you what's happening in this passage and why it matters. Check into those things. Check into the hymn. Check into the contemporary song. Don't mm-hmm. just tune them out because you don't like it. Don't put it on cruise control. Yeah, my my encouragement with that is, and I try to encourage folks who, in my context, maybe that doesn't like a contemporary song or maybe a hymn that we use or something like that, I I challenge them to don't sing idly, yeah. connect with what they're singing. Yeah. Forget about all the other stuff. That's a but good word. Don't don't sing idly. Don't sing idly. And and how many times have have we done that? Oh, you know, I no can doubt. say. Oh, here we go. You know, we're singing the song. We do the set. We're thinking pastor. We're thinking music and we're doing all the things. And then we forget to worship ourselves. Yep. Don't sing idly. If if I've read the Bible correctly, and my, my old theology professor, Mr. Richter, used, or Mr. Richter was dean of, dean of men, my college, uh, he would say, men, it's about the heart, you know? Yep. And it sounds so simple, but if we're not connecting those words, what we sing don't say things idly and that includes our songs yep. if, if you can't you know you read through living hope and and you don't feel like you have hope that should give you hope singing that song it at least and, tells you where the hope where your hope right. should be found right yep and someone else is encouraged by hearing you sing that song yeah so well good stuff what you don't want to be straight from scripture what you don't want to be is a whitewashed tune right mm. You don't want to be like the the coffin that's clean and shiny on the outside and dead on the inside. Mm. Right? You don't want to thought. set your traditions above God's word and what he's called us to do. And that's, by the way, I say traditions, but contemporary is a tradition, right? Yeah. From, a, from a what we do every week kind of standpoint. That's what we expect. That's our tradition. My kids are going to be saying, Dad, what is this Living Hope song you keep singing? Yeah. <laughs> Can we do some new stuff? We don't want to sing Phil Wickham. Who's Dad, that? <laughs> Dad, you did that song when I was two. Can we move on? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but just hang in there. Check yeah. in. I like that. Don't sing idly. And don't yeah. don't listen to God's word idly. Check in. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. All that said, man, let's look at uh, Sunday. Um, Word. Set list for Sunday. So we've got, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it off while you pour yours up there. Um, our contemporary service, we're kicking it off with He Lives. Yes he and lives. Amen. He Lives. Not, not that one, no. Oh. <laughs> Christ Jesus lives today. Oh, uh, you said contemporary, not traditional. Yeah, contemporary. He Lives. Uh, yes and Amen. Behold the Lamb. And then after the message, 
we're doing uh, come to the altar, yet not I, but through Christ in me, and we'll have a little fun at the end with all my hope. A little, little crowder. All my hope is in Jesus. Yep. And I'm going <laughs> to sing it just like that. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Uh, and in our uh, traditional hour, we've got Come Christians Join to Sing. We're actually talking. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We're talking about togetherness and unity and uh, in, in our services. It's, it's kind of funny how this worked out. I, I just realized that right then. Come, Christians, join to sing. We are called to be God's people, God of grace and God of glory. And we'll close out with have thine own way, Lord. So that's that's us for Sunday, man. We're going to have a good Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Choir, choir singing, organ playing, band playing, all the things. Doing it I'm all. I'm not doing all those things. I'm just doing band. <laughs> well, what's your band? Uh, yes, I will. Uh, vertical worship. So we're starting that. Uh how great is our God? I dip back an old one. All right. I needed that to fit the theme. Come thou founts, come thou king, which I, I love. Wow. It's funny and, how uh, you're apologetic about those now because I've given you a hard time. <laughs> I know. You're giving me a hard time. Now, we all went through that period in the early 2000s where just about everything we did was Chris Tomlin. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like Elevation in Bethel maybe today. Just, just, makes, just makes me laugh, man, because you're everything. like, how great is our God? <laughs> uh, I, I kind of am, Love that song, I, I, humbly, I'm, I'm tired of that song, but I'm telling you, our people love it. They just love to sing it, you know? Uh, that song, that's another one, man, it's, it's still a good one for yeah. me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not tired of it. Of course, I probably hadn't sung it in five years, but. Anyway. Uh, so come thou fount, come thou king, and then we'll finish it up with uh, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Man, you steal my you steal my song, man. Well, uh, we sang it last week for the first time in, in our church, really? and man, I'm telling you, I, I I won't say it was a standing ovation because everybody was already standing singing, but they <laughs> loved it. Yeah, and it was That's more a of a it was more of the text just impacted them. Uh-huh. It was another lesson to me to make sure. To, to add things contextually like that because it's really wordy. There's a it lot is. of words in that song. But I could just see people thinking through it as they sang it, and yeah. it impacted them in that way. So yep. I love that kind of song. Great, so we're going to do song. that again. Yeah. And finish it up with Yes, I Will. We'll do a reprise do, of that. Do you sing that, or do you have um, a female voice on that? No, I do it. Okay. I rocked I rocked it up a key. Um, I don't, what, what am yeah. I doing it in? Uh, it sounds better with a female, probably. C. I do it in C. Um, dude, I think that's what we do it in. And actually, my wife normally sings that one. Um, let me let me pull it up. I'm trying to remember what key we do it in. I think I, we I'm gonna get Jill C. to be a yeah. A we do guest. it in C. Yeah, I'm gonna get Jill to be a, a guest artist. It's <laughs> it's a bit low for me in C, honestly. But I'm gonna get Jill to do a guest artist series and come down. Ah, there you go. You can play for her. You, know, you send her thing. to the beach. I'm sure she'll do yeah. it. <laughs> By the way, you missed it. You were at choir practice, but did you see Corey Henry played last night uh, for the national anthem? Now, I saw your text come through, but I was in the middle of rehearsal. So, uh, Dude, I've got church folks texting me. Thank you so much for getting me to look that up. He's awesome. He did a version of Prince's Purple Rain, I think, and some of my folks were looking at it. Man, if you ever uh, – if you follow him on Instagram or whatever – Facebook. I mean, it's pretty cool. He's like a 
five-year-old kid playing the mess oh, out of that Hammond. <laughs> he is so amazing. Anything piano and strings. I, I think he can play a lot of different instruments, but I mean, that's a generational talent right there. It's like a Victor Wooten on a bass. I mean, you, you're not going to see many people play like that. Cool. He just feels it. If you're not, if you're not familiar, Corey Henry, look him up. He's, he's kind of like a soul gospel kind of deal. Um, mm-hmm. he, he grew up in the church. His music is not specifically Christian, if you will, mm-hmm. now. But, but man, some of those videos that he shares from time to time, and he's like five, six years old, man. He's yeah. he's playing the mess out of this organ and just watching the crowd. He's just like, bee, 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 bee. Oh, he never looks at his hands <laughs> no. at all. Yeah. No. And, I, yeah. I mean, I don't look at my hands a lot anymore. I've been playing for almost – for way too long, <laughs> 35 years. Uh, so I don't, I don't particularly watch my hands very often, but it's just amazing to me that he's just straight. He's, it's all coming right out of his mm-hmm. gourd, man. I mean, he's just playing. It, it's fun to watch him. And I like people that, that create music on the spot. Like, yeah, there's a particular song he's playing, but, but he creates it or recreates it in a different way, just right in front of him. He can see all that. Yeah. And it's just, Corey it's Henry, is it C O R Y or E Y? Do you remember? It's C O R Y. Yeah, uh, Henry. Yeah, look look him up. He's he's um, really good. Didn't he do uh, Sidewalk Prophets and what's his current band? I don't. His listen. His bass player in his band is Sheree Reed. If that tells you anything, <laughs> Sheree Reed's one of the best bass gospel bass players out there, and he's got him as a bass player. <laughs> I, I do love some some Corey Henry though, man. He's yeah. uh He's that last thing he put out, uh, revival or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I was looking up. It's C O R Y. That's right. Yeah. Um, the revival, I believe, is the last one he put out. So so good. No, it's not. Art of love. Art of love. Art of love was the most recent one. Go ch- go check it out. He's he is so so good. Uh, I need to go back and and find that and rewatch it because I hate that uh, that I miss that. I'd love it. Although you know, I will say, Dallas. As much as I can't stand the Cowboys, <laughs> I love that dude that plays the anthem on the trumpet. Yeah, yeah, they've got him. That is all the time. How, he's how long? Has, you've been a Cowboys fan most of your life, yeah. right? Yeah. Has he been doing that the whole time for as long as I can remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember doing it for the. The Dan, the Troy Aikman Cowboys. You I, know. But that's the thing when when the Cowboys are at home, I love trying to catch the anthem. Just watch that dude play the anthem for the eight billionth time. You know. Yeah, and Michelle Williams did a good job last night with a phenomenal singer. She did a great job. But I was locked into. I mean, they they carted an organ in. You know, the Hammond organ in, and he's over <sighs> that man. It's, it's causing me sin, man. It makes me jealous. Just the textures and the key changes he was, or the court changes he was doing, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I I might give my entire left leg for a actual B three B three. Yeah, I might I might be tempted to give my leg for a real B three. <laughs> I remember we, you and I went and picked that uh, C model up that time in my truck. C three. That's right. I forgot you helped me get that. Yeah, um, yep. I never could get it running. That thing was so old on the inside, I never could get it running. I tinkered with that thing. I soldered and replaced tubes, and I could just never get it going. But you anyway. like a hydraulic oil system of some kind where it pumps the, the things into the little... No, but it's full of grease because they yeah. they lube the electrical connections and everything, right, to keep them from oh, rusting. Yeah. 
So, but oh my goodness, man. Anyway, we can talk about a B3 another day because we're on the things. I, I, could, <laughs> I could get going with that. But anyway, folks, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, email us info at thecomplaintdesk.com or um, you can visit our website, thecomplaintdesk.com. Love to hear uh, what it is that you would like to hear, anything that we can help you with. Um, but above all that, uh, we are praying for you. We're praying that you will, as you seek to lead God's people, or as you just seek to worship yourself, we're praying that you'll have that encounter, the vertical and the horizontal, as mm-hmm. we come together uh, in worship this week, all around the world as the church of Jesus Christ. So praying for you. Brother, I'm praying for you. I hope everything mm-hmm. goes well this weekend. And uh, look forward to uh, jumping back in with you next week. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.